The cannabis industry can be very scary and exciting at the same time, but you're not alone. Join the community and understand all the different influential people and ancillary providers who can help you scale and grow your audience and your business. I'm your host, Kamin Thrath. Let's dive into the Cannabis Business Development Podcast. Welcome back, Dr. Ben Kaplan. We're really excited to have you on our podcast and excited actually to have you continue to be a special guest for us because you have a wealth of knowledge and information. You're making a huge impact in the industry here. And I think a lot of our listeners will get a lot of value of the insight and the correct information, not fake news information out there around cannabis. Thanks, Kama. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. It's a privilege to be here. And it's honestly a position of honor to learn from my patients and to be able to share that. So thank you. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, we, you and I've had multiple discussions about this. Let's tell listeners what type of content will they be hearing from you? And then we'll go to dive deeper on these in future episodes. So I think that the world is hungry for accurate information. Like you said, we're all kind of bombarded by this world of fake news and everybody's trying to get clicks and you don't really know if the content they're pushing is because they really are teaching you something or because they want to sell a product and make a buck. So I think one thing that I'm looking forward to doing is kind of getting rid of the haze, giving people straight information. I'm always happy to tell you where things are coming from. None of this is coming out of thin air. So if it's coming from studies, we'll present that. If it's coming from what anecdotes is bringing up, then we'll share that. We're really trying to give straight facts. And, you know, the truth is, as everything with science, we're going to learn over time and we're going to present that too. If something changes from the last time we've talked, we're going to bring that up. So it's important that people understand that this is the best we have for now. The world is always changing. How do you go about finding your information? Because sometimes you can't just trust the Google search, right? right. Or just trust no. asking somebody. <laughs> right, right. No, I think there's so many sources now, especially with the internet, you have access to everything. Like you can go to encyclopedias and see what's been published for years. You can go to cutting edge medical literature and read what's coming out today. You can go to what are called meta-analyses where it's people that have gone through papers and they write new papers about that. Of course, you know, there's anecdote and, and people in the science community have long poo-pooed what people are learning on the streets as if that's not scientific. But the interesting thing about cannabis and the way it's so different from regular medicines is we don't know that much. You know, we've been handicapped for almost 90 years from a bounty of formal studies. So what information is most plentiful actually is what people are learning at home. And the conversations people are having with their friends, the awkward conversations they're having with doctors, all that stuff is really juicy. And it's important for us to hear kind of what's bubbling up, what's common among people that they're finding helpful, what's common that they're finding not helpful. That's the sort of information I want the world to really hear and, and have. I kind of already started planting the seeds, so I'm a little intrigued. Like, what are these vulnerable or tough conversations that you're hearing in a setting as a doctor? I've been privileged to be in this sort of zone through an interesting transition. About five years ago, the conversation with doctors used to be just, you didn't have it. Like I would be consuming cannabis as a patient and I wouldn't talk about that with my doctor because they're going to judge me for it. They're going to tell me, no, you're on your way to cocaine and being a drug dealer yourself and criminal activity. That evolved into with the doctor saying, just, I don't want to hear it. Okay, do whatever works for you. As long as it's not harmful, I don't want to deal with it. And actually today we're starting to hear doctors referring as a frontline, hey, cannabis seems to be helping people with your condition. Maybe this is something you could explore before you try other medicines, which might have side effects and might have other kind of concerns. 
What do you feel is the main reason folks are just hesitant to really be open to cannabis? I think it's great, actually, that people are cautious and skeptical about cannabis. I think that's right. We have had a long history, 40, 50 year history of medicines that were randomized and controlled and studied rigorously with modern science. And cannabis, although it's been around for 15 to 20,000 years, like this is you know long history plant, it's not been subjected to the same rigors of normal pharmaceuticals. So people are a little bit cautious. I think that's great. I think when you approach something with skepticism, when you're not quite sure about it yet, that means you're careful, you're slow, you're methodical, you're really considering what could be working or might be harmful. I think that's the right way to be in terms of your health. We, we can't mess around when it comes to your health. If you do something that's damaging, when your health is on the line, you know, you might not recover from that as easily as, as some other subjects. So I think it's great that people are skeptical. Next step, once someone is skeptical and, and leery and being cautious with entering cannabis, the next step is to do it in an informed way. Make sure that as you proceed, you understand what you're doing. You understand what the alternatives are. You know what to expect. You know what to look out for. Being slow and methodical, this is the scientific way. You know, you start off with a theory. I think cannabis might be helpful. I've heard it's helpful to other people. I'm not sure if it's going to be helpful for me. I've read that it might be. I've read that this condition that I'm dealing with is helped by cannabis and then proceeding in a way that is slow and easy. Yeah, I feel like you go backwards. So you're trying to solve some type of ailment or condition. What do you feel is the most common or most popular that you're hearing from patients and then cannabis is a solution for it? So it's a great question. There are a lot of things which cannabis seems to address. And first of all, that's confusing for a lot of people. What is it good for everything? That seems a little <laughs> bit like snake oil. The interesting thing is we're so used to medicines being like a laser precise sniper rifle at depression. You know, this SSRI is intended to fix one receptor interaction and that helps with depression. It doesn't help with growing tumors. It doesn't help with your hearing. It really just is narrowed on depression. Cannabis doesn't work that way. It's more of a broad spectrum, your whole body kind of communication, your whole body communication system that's being affected. So what that means is it actually touches a lot of different systems and it seems to help a lot of different conditions. That seems strange to people. But what we're seeing as the top list of things that are helped by cannabis is basically categories of depression and anxiety. Cannabis seems to help with stress sorts of things. Sleep. Cannabis definitely impacts deepening of some stages of sleep. And that's a big one for our culture. Everybody's sleep deprived and underslept. And then pain. And pain is a big category. There's headache kinds of pain. There's migraine kinds of pain. There's menstrual cramping. There's back pain. But there's also injury pain. So pain covers a whole lot of different things, including arthritis, which unfortunately is a, a destiny for, for all of us humans that grow older. So between pain, anxiety, depression, and sleeplessness, we have most conditions that cannabis covers. And I know we're going to dive into those three topics a lot deeper in future episodes, but you know, it's just good for, for listeners to hear who are new to the space versus those that are familiar with the space to kind of hear like, you know, these are the, the most common things. And, and probably asking themselves, oh, I didn't even know, like I could use it for mm -hmm. sleep. I already thought it was just for pain. It's an interesting summary. As I'm hearing you sort of summarize these, it occurs to me that most of the time when someone approaches cannabis for pain, what they discover is, boy, you know, I slept better. 
And because I had a good night's sleep, the next day was a little bit better. Even if it wasn't about the pain, I, I enjoy sleeping a little bit better. And similarly, when people you know, who have trouble sleeping sleep better, oh, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit less anxious. And it's almost as if all of these systems are in the same body and that one thing leads to another. And when you get less stress, you feel like in less pain. When you sleep better, you have less stress. All of these things are intertied. But you have to, it really depends on that physician to also understand and see all that, how these pieces all interconnect. Because to your point earlier, it's not just this sniper gun approach. It's a holistic consultation around how to use cannabis. That's going to be the best fit for, for that person. Right. No, it's interesting. There are essentially four different ways that people get their information about cannabis these days. The bulk of people are getting it on their own. They're just kind of diving into the ponds hoping they swim, hoping they're, they're doing well. So learning on your own is one way that people learn. The second way is through these med tenders, the bud tenders at stores who are usually experienced with cannabis and they're kind of serving up the cannabis. So people will ask them questions just like we do a waiter or waitress at a store. Hey, what do you think is good for me to eat tonight? You know, same thing people ask these bud tenders. What do you think I would find helpful? The third way is, as you were suggesting, medical guidance. And medical guidance usually comes from a nurse or a doctor, sometimes some other sources. There are a bunch of apps that are popping up these days that are helping in some respect to guide people electronically. But most of these guidance services come with knowledge and who knows where their knowledge is coming from. So that's, of course, an area to be concerned about. But in general, it's not you teaching yourself. It's not someone who you happen to meet teaching you. It's a source of authority in some respect. And between each of these sources, I think people of different backgrounds. Some people are interested in guidance. Some people are just doing this to have more fun. People find a match and that's really what's helping. And a lot of businesses are doing research and getting into the cannabis space because it's booming. And I think some people are in it for the right reasons, like yourself, helping people and other people are in it for just making profits, which is okay. I think that we're a capitalist type of society. And offline, you and I chatted about like, where's the money? Where is it going? How do you see that? Yeah, I think the cannabis industry, when we look at some of the businesses through the pandemic, the cannabis industry is one of the only ones that stayed smooth and actually has been gaining territory, even despite all the shutdowns and, and closings. It's fascinating because there's a ton of money, and especially when the government is sort of worrying about the budget and where is all this new money going to come from for infrastructure changes. You know, for one silly reason, they don't look at cannabis because it's making so much money. Actually, in my state of Massachusetts, Cannabis made almost half a billion dollars in tax revenue. It's just mind-blowing how much money people are spending on cannabis. But at the same time, there are a lot of people who think, oh, you know what? I can make millions. I'm going to grow cannabis. And they have farms across the country now. And interestingly, side note, this is the way America used to be, actually. It was even the, in the Jamestown colony days, the 1600s, cannabis used to be a source of currency. So everybody who had farmland used to grow cannabis. I mean, it used to be required to do so. But fast forward today, everybody's excited about the idea of making millions. But basic economics, when people are all growing crops and they're the same crop, more or less, the price per product goes down. So that's one of the things we've seen just in the last couple of weeks is the price of CBD, the price of product is slowly tanking. Um, and it's actually not news. In Canada, this has been you know, a serious problem for years that the more producers you have the same product, you basically have an oversupply of product, the price has to come down. So the money is transitioning and it's moving away from growth and product into other things like 
you know, specific niches to intellectual property, to new products. And hopefully if the trend continues, there's going to be opportunities for the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, that has to be integrated into modern medicine. Once cannabis becomes federally legal, all of the usual channels, the things that we think about as big business, whether it's the big dermatology sort of corporations, the lotions and, and aesthetic stuff, or the pharmaceutical industry, the nutraceuticals, all the candies and, and junk food out there, all that is going to be incorporating some way to get into cannabis. I just had a conversation with someone earlier today about the seltzers and mm-hmm. the, the drinks and the food and how it's just really exciting. It's new, but I think it just comes down to just getting education and trying it and being open-minded to it. And that's what we're all about here with this podcast and have you on, Dr. Kaplan. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm thrilled. We are all living through this at the same time. It's a really revolutionary time in our culture. And actually different states are having different rules and we're seeing things happening kind of in real time in different states. It's just fascinating to be a part of. Of course, since these get recorded, you might catch yourself watching an old episode and be like, I can't believe I said that. It's something different now, right? <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's true. You know, you mentioned the seltzers. We used to say that edibles, something that you eat in cannabis, takes a long time to start working. You know, it's not going to work right away. It's going to last a lot longer. But you know what? These seltzers actually are showing us that they work quickly. I mean, that's an exception to the edible rule and people are loving it. I mean, the edible drinks in Massachusetts is like the hottest product right now. And probably next time we watch this, there's going to be something else. There's so much dynamism. The products are changing so quickly that you really have to keep up to, to stay with it. If someone who's like, you know what, I really do want to try this for pain, but I am nervous. Is there like phase one, phase two, phase three? How can they tip their toe into it and not feel that, oh my goodness, they might get knocked out or they probably Google all these scary things. And what's your best advice there? So pain is a big topic and it's never just pain because there's always suffering on top of pain, the sort of psychic stuff where, oh my God, this is my 50th day in a row feeling pain. I'm someone who is in constant pain. I can't even do the things I want to do because of my pain. There's a level of sort of emotionality on top of the pain, which is relevant and actually which cannabis can address. So I think understanding not just about the cannabis, but about what type of pain you have is really an important part of the puzzle. So I encourage people to do a two-part research. One is to learn about yourself and understand what your patterns are. When you feel pain, is it only in one place? Do you compensate for it with the other side? Are you frustrated? And are you not sleeping well because of the pain? To sort of dissect the different aspects of pain. And then also to learn about cannabis and see which things in the market might be related to your pain. You know, do you have pain that is during the day and you don't want to be high? Do you have pain that's stopping you from sleeping? And you might want a product which is going to help you quiet down at night. Do you have pain and you need to be more functional during the day? I mean, these are actually you know, simple questions to think about that are a matching process for the industries. I think through all of this, you can probably tell that it's not a simple thing and it's helpful to have a guide. It's helpful to have someone who is knowledgeable to shepherd you along. I mean, there, there are plenty of people who do it themselves and, and it works. I mean, we wouldn't be in this situation if it didn't just work, but if you want to do it efficiently and, and, and quickly and sort of for long lasting effect, being with someone who knows what they're doing to guide you is a helpful choice. So someone's like, okay, I'm ready to move forward. I want some guidance. What's the best advice you can give them? So I would look locally. There are doctors across the country now who are trying to help people. I and mean, sometimes they're very knowledgeable and can help you in a deep way. Sometimes 
they're less knowledgeable, but are interested in learning from you and they can kind of help compute your experiences in different terms. They might be able to translate what you're experiencing into something that's a decision. Okay, if you had that experience, maybe you should try this other choice at the dispensary. There are a lot of resources online to learn and be able to kind of guide yourself if you're finding that the clinicians near you are not giving you what you want. Of course, you know, people that are interested, I'm, I'm always available to, to help, although it depends where people are because you know, some people watching this will be in areas where it's not accepted. It's not allowed. A couple states left that, that it's not even legal. But we're, we're looking forward to when it opens up, right? <laughs> Makes half it and easier. half actually come. <laughs> I'm not so thrilled. I'm not one of the rah-rah legalization kinds of doctors. I think it's great that it will be accepted. And I'm hoping that the insurance companies will open up access for people who can't afford cannabis that's expensive these days. But the track record of government regulating things is not necessarily clean. You know, like the government hasn't always done it right. And I actually like the state system of different states doing things a little bit differently. It's sort of a controlled experiment. And we're learning which states are doing it well. We're learning which states are not. Uh, we're learning what matters to people. I think if we have one overarching system that kind of controls everybody in the same way, we're not going to learn as much. No, you're right. I think it's always very similar to, to marketing or and messaging. You got to look at your audience. You got to not just research it. You actually have to speak to them, right? So like go speak to the states. If the, mm -hmm. if the government is looking to do this, I'm assuming, I'm sure they're speaking to the states that are doing it really well. And like, okay, how do we scale this? Taking the best from every state. Um, and that's hopefully what they're doing. And I'm sure you do the same thing with your patients. As you listen to your patients, you're talking to them. You can do a lot of research, which helps you give your framework, but you still need to speak to people to really understand the nuances. So you get the best of both worlds, that live type of like insight with also the research side of insights. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting. You know, you, you talk about marketing and, and in every domain, there are ways you can do things yourself. And there are also ways that you can ask for help. And we live in this internet culture where there's so much information out there that we all kind of think we can do it ourselves. Like, it seems like, well, can't you just Google that? But I think being able to ask for expertise, ask for help, has become almost a, like a liability. Like I think people feel shy about asking for help. I mean, this is a domain, you know, because it's so new and so powerful that people really should feel comfortable asking for help. And, and Google's tough. Like my wife was actually researching something. She was asking me because as a marketing agency ourselves, we, we do SEO, search and optimization. So that's really helping businesses rank for certain keywords. And Sometimes with really good SEO, you could be ranking this content, but not be the right content for the user, what they're looking for, right? So because they've done really good SEO, but the information they're looking for is probably on the third page. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not the fault to the other business that they just don't have the right strategy or the right resources to do that. So you have to take the results you get for, from Google with the grain of salt, and you have to also find other layers too, which you kind of validate talking to professionals, talking mm -hmm. to your community, which means maybe forums and groups, talking to other people that are doing it. And we, we call it demand generation officially in the marketing world, because what we're seeing the shift is people are going away from those Google searches. They're talking to communities and, and peer groups because you have this ability now to go on social media, which wasn't easily that accessible. And we see this amplification ever since the pandemic everyone online and gravitating towards these forums and groups. So it's important. And that's why one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is to create a community so people can find information. You know, those that are following and listening to maybe validate or maybe just feel better, like what their research, what they're doing is aligning with an episode that you, know, you might've said and say, oh, that's great. I heard Dr. Kaplan say it. 
I read it somewhere. I talked to my friend, neighbor. I had three sources. Now I'm, I'm ready to move forward. And that's the purpose of what we're doing as this content that we're creating together is to, to help educate. Right. And it's important for everybody watching to know that we really do listen to your questions. We do want to answer them. And, you know, please keep them coming. If, if people have things, comments, questions, disagreements, throw it our way. We're really interested in, in interacting with the community. We are building this on purpose so that we can all learn together. All right. Well, this is fabulous. We have a lot to cover. We have many more episodes to cover in the future. So if you guys have any questions, just uh, reach out to us with the information here in the show notes. And we look forward to answering questions that are hot and pressing for you and having Ben back as many times as we need to make sure that you guys get those answers. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for spending your time with us. This podcast is for you. And if you have any topics you'd like to learn more about or suggestions, please email us at podcast at indicativemarketing.com. And don't be a stranger. Connect with me on LinkedIn.